Hey there, Converge Nation, Pastors Ray and Wendy here with week two of our sermon series, Verses, He Said, She Said, and The Truth. Listen, we're only one week in, and the feedback we've gotten from you has been overwhelmingly positive. We can't wait. In fact, we're going to extend the series through mid-March because we believe there's a lot of stuff a lot of ground to cover, and uh, we want to drill down and deep dive some of these principles that we started to discuss, and even some additional content we'll be covering over the next several weeks. So, Pastor Wendy, would you like to greet the people? Tell them hi, whatever's on your heart. Well, hello, everybody. We are so excited to be with you again this week. We had a great week last week. We kicked off the sermon series, and then on Wednesday night, we had a midweek Bible study uh, where we were able to dive a little deeper into the relationship mm -hmm. discussion. And I think that's where we're going to uh, pick up a little bit today, the right. discussion from Wednesday night. So if you didn't join us last week, that's quite all right. If you check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, you'll get the information for that. If you join our Facebook groups, right. whether it's the men's, women's, young adults, you will have the login information there. But what is surprising, but not so surprising, is we think every year as we go over these relationship series, we wonder, is it getting stale? Is it getting old? Mm -hmm. But the responses we get every year, people are really wanting to know how to navigate relationships. And so we just appreciate you hanging in there with us and wanting to establish your healthy relationships in God's word, which is the truth. Absolutely. So last week we said that conflict in relationships, and this is in all of our interpersonal relationships, conflict is inevitable. Misery is optional, right? So misery is a choice. We're going to help you navigate uh, those moments, those spots in your relationships where you are experiencing conflict. Now, here's the amazing thing, right? Uh, 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 we're, we're, we're 21 years in. Come on, somebody. In fact, in March, we're celebrating what we like to call our birth anniversary, right? I'll be turning 50, and we'll be celebrating 21 years of marital bliss. But this is what we've discovered. We can impress people with our successes, but people will more readily identify with our struggles. And so as we communicate these principles and these truths from God's word, it's not to say that we've done everything right. In fact, we have made a lot of mistakes. I think Pastor Wendy, you can attest to the fact that if we survive the first two years, man, listen, we're in this thing for the long haul. You might be in that place where you're struggling and you're trying to navigate the conflict you're experiencing. We said last week that healthy conflict doesn't mean that you're in crisis. It simply means you're under construction. And so as part of God's construction process, I believe in his word, he's given us some rules of engagement. In fact, that's the focus. That's sort of the, the big idea around what we're going to communicate today is we want to give you tools to successfully navigate those moments of conflict and learn to come up with your own personal rules of engagement and decide personally and in your relationships what's fair and what's not fair. And that's one of the things we established. Uh, man, I, I started to say early on, but it was probably 
later on in our marriage, right? That we realized that there were certain things that were triggers. Uh, there were certain things that would cause our disagreements to escalate. And once we realized those triggers and those patterns, uh, what, we, what we did was we implemented these rules of engagement that helped us navigate conflict in a healthy, healthy way. And I would, as you're speaking, everything you're saying is true, but I don't want you to think that, oh, we just came up with these things. Mm. As much conflict as we've had, we have doubled the amount of investment mm -hmm. into having a healthy relationship. Right. So the years of conflict have also uh, amounted to years of counseling, mm -hmm. years of having accountability, years of making a decision to change, years of running to the altar. Yeah. And so though we have 21 years in of marriage, we've got 23 years in of being together right. is that this doesn't come natural. Ease in relationships does right. not come natural and it doesn't come without making an investment. And as we're discussing the, uh, everything that we're going to discuss today, one thing we want for our audience, we want you to know is that everything we say and do is established and rooted in the word of God. And I think that's where we get into trouble mm -hmm. and if we were just getting married now i think it would be uh the culture would even put more strain on our relationship right. because now in culture it's like all about me and mm -hmm. all about self-care there's nothing wrong with any of those things right. but when we allow self-care and freedoms to override what God's word says, we're going to run into a lot of trouble. And right. so that could take us into a whole different sermon series that right. we're not getting right. into. But I just want to always emphasize that. And I think I'm emphasizing it because that's where I was running into personal conflict. I was having a war with myself mm -hmm. because we get into conflict. I would act like a ghetto monster. Mm -hmm. And then I would be ashamed because I'm thinking... But I really love Jesus, but how I could just cuss my husband out. Now, when I say that, I was using bad words, but please don't think I was running anything in our house. I do have a more vocal, strong personality, but let me tell you, Ray Harmon is no pushover. So just for those who might have that in question. And so we run into conflict, Yeah. but I was struggling mostly and I could find myself at war mostly not with the conflict between us, but the conflict with my response. And so I'm very glad that I walked that path because now that I've matured and made investments in healthy growth, I can not be under any condemnation. But I think we're going to get into that mostly today. And we're going to see from God's word that a lot of times the conflict we have and I could see it will be a cycle for us. So we get into conflict. Um, our biggest conflict, it was something that I just felt a great injustice about. And so I was angry with Kim, but that I didn't stay in a righteous indignation. My anger then spilled over into, well, you know what? And you might have been born in Liberia, but you a died in America. And just so now I'm-, I'm Death <laughs> threats, y'all, yeah. in our marriage. Come on. She was ready to bust caps. Hey, hey, I, I like the color orange. 
those patterns are also preventable. And so uh, you were doing some research on TikTok. I don't know if there's such a thing. I mean, you were probably on TikTok, not doing research, baby. I was doing research. Oh, were you? Because then? I'm following a plant-based diet. So I was uh, actually looking for some vegan options for Super Bowl. So it was a little plant -based bit. Plant-based options for Super Bowl. Oh, yes. They you have eating wings. And oh, pizza? We, we can have wings. You can have there wings. No plant-based wings. Oh, it baby. is a plant-based wing. You can use oyster mushroom. You can use oyster mushroom wow. and fry it in the fryer. Oh yeah, and a whole Come on, feel my pain already. Sauce, but I will not deny my neighbor. Come on, somebody. Because I can lemon have pepper my... wings from Wingstop. You have to Come put on. in your order Extra early. crispy. All right. Because on Super Bowl, we have had hurt feelings. But right. anyway, let's bring it back over. But I was doing some research. Okay, on TikTok. And, and on what TikTok, did you find? And I found a clip from Steve Harvey. And he is talking about the six things to be aware of. Six words. Six specific words to try to avoid. Now, in his setup, he's saying, I'm going to be talking mainly to the men. Right. But I think as you're speaking with patterns and predictability, right. that these six words... They're transferable. It's right. not just stuck with, well, men, if you hear these words, right. I would admonish girls, if you hear these words, ladies, if you hear these words, to kind of dig deeper. And one thing I learned before. Not only if you hear these words, if you use if these you words, words, that could be an indication of a trigger that is producing a pattern. In yes. Your life. Now, if you stumble upon these words or you see the pattern, a lot of times, I don't want you to feel pressure to have to answer the conflict right then. Right. Sometimes you need to step away, think about it, see how you can approach the situation. Or you can say something, for instance, um, like if Ray comes to me and says, baby, are you okay? And I'm like, you know, I'm fine. Well, he may be running out of the door to a meeting or something. What he will do is come back. I don't use fine anymore like that. What he can do is come back and say, hey, when I was leaving earlier, I asked you, were you okay? You said you were fine. What does that mean? Are you good or is it something we need to talk about? Is something going on? And that's how you can keep open communication. But if he's running out to a meeting, I'm dealing with something, say, oh, I'm fine. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And it may not have anything to do with him. It could be, I'm grumpy because I haven't had meat in 36 days. I haven't had refined sugar and I came off the of coffee. So when I'm saying right. I'm fine, it could have been that I had a sugar, coffee, caffeine, withdrawal headache and it had nothing to do with him. So in managing conflict and as we're going to go over these six words, we're going to see the clip from Steve Harvey first. Understand that we, if you hear these things, then... Don't let it trigger alarm in you and have you to 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 spaz out. What is that supposed to mean? And you get on top of it right then because right. you're in pursuit of a healthy relationship. Just say, hey, I heard you earlier. Can we talk about that later? Let's discuss And we're going to look to the word to see what the scriptures have to say. Again, it's he said, she said, but we're going to land on the truth of God's word. So we're going to give you these six red flags, these six triggers that are predictable, but also preventable. Uh, and we're going to see when you uh, experience these six red flags, how to approach and respond to those red flags. Listen, respond, not react. Very good. Right? There is a healthy response and a toxic 
reaction that we want to, there's a healthy response, we want to embrace a toxic reaction we want to avoid. We'll get into the Word of God in a minute, but quickly we're going to turn to uh, this clip from Steve Harvey as he shares these six words to avoid in conflict. We like to think of them as six red flags. Check this out. These are the six fighting words that all couples know and hate. Now, I'm going to be talking to the fellas mostly on this. I'm going to give you these list of words, fellas, that you have to avoid because they just traps. The six words are nothing, seriously, whatever, never mind, chill, and fine. Now, trust me. Listen to me, fellas. When you hear the word nothing, you got to automatically know something. <laughs> something. Watch this right here. Baby, what's wrong? Nothing. Uh-oh. You got to start spending the rest of your day trying to figure out what the hell, what nothing is she mad about? And you're going to spend all day to the point where you're going to say, baby, what, what is it? I said nothing. To the point where she goes, I said nothing. <laughs> I'm sick of you asking me. Stop asking me what's wrong. I said nothing. Now, guess what? <laughs> now the nothing is the something. Next, next one on that list, seriously. Yeah. Baby, I'm going to play poker Tuesday night. Seriously? <laughs> seriously? Here's another word that starts a fight. Whatever. Oh, God. Baby, what you want to do tonight? Whatever. Whatever. Fellas, your in so much trouble right now because you did something. She just ain't decided which one of these charges she gonna hit you with. So she just go, whatever. Here's another one. Baby, you need anything? Never mind. Never mind. Never mind means it was obviously never on your mind and it should have been. Never mind. Good Lord. Now, this one, I ain't got no story for you fellas. I'm just going to give you this one word. That word chill, take it out your vocabulary. Don't ever use the word chill to your woman. Don't do that. Baby, just chill. Who you... Who you talking to? Who the you talking to. Because whatever you was talking about, when you use the word chill, it just got real hot in here. Just take chill out your vocabulary. Here's the last word, fellas, you got to be careful of. Fine. F-I-N-E. Fine. When she says everything's fine, that means ain't a thing fine. You can quit asking.
Baby, how you feel? I'm fine. <laughs> fine is an acronym. Fine actually stands for figure it out now or else. <laughs> That's what fine means. Figure it out now or else. Let's do some Hey Steve. Oh, wow. Six red flags, triggers, right, that sometimes go unnoticed. You know, there's a beautiful couple in our church, and, and uh, sort of their, their code word or their password, uh, when they feel like, hey, something isn't quite the way it should be, is eggshells. Mm -hmm. And when one person feels like something is a little bit off, they just say eggshells. And that's sort of their cue to take some time out and work through whatever conflict or stress or even distress that their partner might be going through. What are your thoughts about these six red flags, these uh, triggers uh, that uh, Steve Harvey says we should avoid? Yes, well, he just, as a point of review, he said the words are nothing, seriously, whatever, never mind, chill, and fine. And I think that there are so many factors of why people use these words right. and receive them. I have been a user and a receiver. Mm. Um, and I think maybe the main reason why somebody would say nothing or never mind is genuinely to avoid conflict. True. They want to respond. They just want to avoid, avoid it. Then I think there's a situation where a person may use these words and they say it in a certain tone right. as to kind of wave a red flag. Like, I don't know how to approach this conversation, Absolutely. but I'm going to say nothing as funky as I can so you can ask me, invite me into the conversation. Right. And, then, and, and so what I hear you saying is sometimes when a person says nothing, uh, even though they're under stress, in distress, that's their way of maybe de-escalating the situation. Honestly, yeah. yeah right, that, right. In, in, in that moment, they feel like, okay, that's this is my feel. way of de-escalating. Right. Then I think there are other times where somebody can say, nothing. And right. they can say, have body language and you say that in the good, way. Baby. Yes, because I've had some unfortunate <laughs> practice. <laughs> I've been delivered though. Come but you somebody. can say it in a way because you don't know how to approach it right. and it feels more comfortable. Well, if I say nothing all crazy, mm -hmm. then you're going to say, well, no, what's the matter? And then that gives me permission, mm -hmm. so to speak, to explore it. Then you've got that third class, that rare breed of people that just say it because they want to bait a fight. If they say something all crazy, why don't you just chill? then they know that they're pushing a button right. and you're going to come back with something and they can say, well, you did this. We want to avoid whatever the case, whether you're really honestly trying to avoid conflict, if you're saying it to just because you don't know how to open up um, right. a conversation, or if you're just being nasty and you want to trigger somebody into an argument, we want to leave all of that behind. That's why we're going over these things. Yeah. I think we can use them. We don't have to be taught these words. We can just use them. We can see it done in mm. our surroundings. We can see it done on television. Right. And we can think that this is our way of communicating. Right. If you say, is anything going on? Like the couple at church, they say eggshells. Well, that means that one person is feeling like, I'm feeling like I got to walk around on eggshells. Right. What's going on with you? And that is a trigger. They can't, they've got children. They can't always discuss it right then. But when right. eggshells is dropped, 
that is a neutral clue. It's not a bomb. Right. It's a neutral, it's it's a pink flag. It's, it's right. like part peace and part we need to get this thing together. <laughs> so they're waving a pink flag of, right. hey, we're going to have to take a time out and get this together. Right. And I think that's a healthy way to approach it. Mm-hmm. One person is initiating the conversation and saying, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not avoidance. Right. right? They're saying, we need to talk. Yes. Right? And I think that's really important. Now, one of the commitments we made to you at the beginning of the series was that we're going to give you more tools to add to your toolbox. Remember, last week we said, Abraham Maslow said, if the only tool you have in your hand is a hammer, everything is going to look like a nail. And we want to give you more tools in your toolbox so you don't rely on your default settings. Unfortunately, most of us have normalized our default setting. And for most people, our default setting is dysfunction. So this is what we're going to do. Right? We're going to unnormalize the dysfunction, if that's a word, unnormalize. Y'all know what I mean. The dysfunction in how you navigate conflict. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you some verses. Come on, somebody. Some V-E-R-S-E-S's for the moments when you have conflict. V-E-R-S-U-S. Verses for verses. The Word of God. And that's why we've called this series. He said, she said, but listen, we want to land on the truth of God's word. So a couple of things we want to do as we prepare to close this message is we're going to land on the word of God. So here it is. First of all, it's important to identify the source of conflict. I think James helps us identify that in James chapter four. We're going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Follow along. And y'all know my MO. She's going to read one verse and I'm going to jump in. So y'all bear with me. If you're new to Converge Nation, uh, that's how I roll. If you're not, if you've been a part of Converge Nation for a minute, you already know what time it is. Pastor Wendy, would you read that for us? James chapter 4, we're going to look at the source, the origin of conflict. Okay, James 4 verses 1 through 10 with many interruptions. (laughs) (laughs) What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Stop right there. Right? I mean, really, if we're going to deal with conflict, we want to identify the source. So James poses this question. He says, listen, what's the source of the conflict that you're experiencing? Uh, For the context of this message, we're talking about the source of interpersonal conflict, not only in marriages or dating or engagements. Man, this touches our parenting. It touches how we engage family, uh, co-workers, neighbors, etc., so he, he poses the question, and now he's about to answer the question. He's going to help us identify the source of conflict. Here we go. Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Uh, stop right there. I told you I was going to interrupt. He asked the question, but then he answers the question. And he said the conflict that you're experiencing is coming from, listen, the evil desires... At war within you. Pump the brakes. I thought the conflict that I was experiencing was because of what he said or she said or what they did. I thought the source of my stress and distress was external. And James, you're telling me that at the root of conflict 
is the evil desires. Notice what he says. At war. Unresolved within you. I believe that's one of the reasons Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said it this way. He said, guard your heart. For out of your heart flow all the issues of life. Notice the direction. The issues of life are not external. They flow out of my heart. So what James is suggesting is that when we're in conflict, at the root of it could be something that is unresolved, at war, an evil, that's what he calls it, an evil desire that is at war within me. What if the tension that you're feeling has very little to do with people outside of you and it has to do with what you're wrestling with on the inside? And sometimes the things that happen to you on the outside can cause an internal conflict because you feel like mm. powerless to respond mm. or powerless to to be an advocate for yourself. And so we don't in saying this, we aren't saying that external things, bad things right, that right. they don't matter or right. that just to push it to the side. What we're saying is some of the conflict and if if I argue with a coworker or, or or say a boss says something to me and I feel, you know, I want to preserve my job so I don't say anything back. And then I'm coming home and slamming the food on the counter and fussing at the kids about doing the dishes. Then, yes, something, an injustice happened to me at work. But because I'm having an internal conflict about me feeling maybe um, unjustified, then I've got... I'm putting out all this, as we're going to say, bad energy, all this negativity, because I've got this rumbling around. Right. If I come home from work, I feel like there's an injustice from my boss, and then I feel like I can't talk about it with my husband because he's going to be tired and he just want to get straight to the facts, and I want to unload emotions. You know, my best friend is not available. So this is what we're trying to get us to look at. We are not saying that you are not experiencing injustice and wrongdoing right. externally. But what can get us into a tangle as we navigate other relationships is that we're having a war going on. We're having mind monsters. We're feeling unheard and unseen. And then that can affect how we navigate through the through the rest of everything else, whether it's with right. that person who's done the injustice and everybody around us. So that's the at war within you Correct. because of your evil desires. Because your evil desire could be, I want to cuss my boss out. <laughs> Facts. And you can be like, nobody, I don't even need this job. I'm going to go in next week and quit. Right. I have a whole other story, but that's all I need to say to let a little air out of my balloon. We will not get into that story because right. I told it to you before. But we'll get back to the scripture. Verse. But, but yeah, and, and I, I concur, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, but he points out three things he's about to point out now as you continue uh, through this passage. He's going to point out three things, right, that, that, are, that are at the root of the evil desires. He points out at least three. This is not exhaustive. This is just a short list. He points out these three things that are at the root of the evil desires at war within us. In fact, let me say this before Pastor Wendy continues. You can improve all of your interpersonal relationships by 50% if you'll simply work on you. I'll say that again. Write down. All of our interpersonal relationships can improve by 50% if 
if you'll simply work on you and do your part. And that's really what we want to uh, drive home today, right? And again, you and I can't control uh, the other person or determine how the other person will act or react or respond, but we can determine what our response will be in every situation, in every circumstance. So here we go. Verse 2, he points out the first evil desire, right? Because these evil desires are at war within us. And he points out the first desire in verse 2. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Let's just stop right there. So he starts to name these evil desires. And the first thing he says is, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Now, let me say this. There is nothing wrong with ambition. There is nothing wrong with wanting to level up. But notice what he says. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. Right? He's saying... You covet this thing so much that you will get it no matter what. At all costs, I want what I don't have. I'm coveting something that's not mine, and I will scheme. I will kill to get it. Notice the word scheme. It means I will manipulate. Mm -hmm. I will connive. I will do whatever it takes to get what I want. Evil desire number one. That war within us that causes conflict is covetousness. Notice what God spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. Again, we're giving you verses, V-E-R-S-E-S's, for your verses, V-E-R-S-U-S. He says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And sometimes the internal conflict that we wrestle with is the fact that we want what we don't have and we're willing to scheme and manipulate and kill to get it. Let's jump over to verse number three uh, or, or the second half of verse two because it's gonna give us the second evil desire that lurks in our hearts. Yes. Um, And even when you ask... No, that's not there. Let me jump around because I've got it. It says you are jealous. Here's the second one. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. The first one is covetousness. The second evil desire that lurks in our hearts is comparison. He says you're jealous of what others have. Uh... Uh, notice 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. It says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Mm-hmm. Will Smith said it this way, We spend money that we don't have on things we don't need to impress people who don't even care. Covetousness is one of those evil desires that lurks in our hearts that causes conflict. Yes. Comparison yes. also causes this internal conflict. Here's the third and final one, and this is where we'll close today. You got it? Verse 3? Yes, verse 3. And even when you ask... Oh, no, go back. 
to. Okay. It says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Okay. You know what he's saying? He's saying when we have these internal struggles, we look for the solutions and the answers and relief in the wrong places. He says, you want something you don't have, and instead of turning to God, you scheme and you kill to get it. It says that you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war against them to take what they have. And what James is saying, the solution when we have these internal struggles is to go vertical. Ask God to help you with those desires, those ambitions, even the things that make us jealous and envious. And he says, you have not. Why? Because you ask not. You're not asking God, who is the source, the ultimate source of your peace. Uh, you're trying to take matters into your own hands. And then he says, but here it is. Even when you ask God, come on, somebody. Now, there's some of us who bring our struggles to God. But he said, even when you ask him. Here's the third, the third C. It's covetousness, comparison. Here's the third C. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives, come on somebody, are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. Third scene, third reason we have this internal conflict is because we don't only, we don't want what is going to develop character in us. We only want what's going to bring us comfort. And a lot of the conflict we have, even in marriage, the demands that we make, the demands we place on each other, at the root of it, according to James, is either our covetousness, the fact that we're making comparisons, right? Well, so-and-so got a big house. Let's go get a bigger house. And then all of a sudden, the husband or the spouse, they're under pressure, okay, I got to get a better job, or I got to get a raise. And then they start fighting about money. At the root of that fight, this comparison, you compared yourself to the Joneses. And the only reason you want it, according to scripture, is for your comfort. Even the prayers we pray. We're not asking God to change us. We're asking God to give us relief. When God says, no, there are things in you that I want you to confront. Because you can only conquer what you confront. And you can only confront what you identify. And sometimes the solution to the conflict is not for us to point fingers at the person we're in relationship with. God wants us to look inward. Pastor Wendy, any final thoughts? Man, we didn't even get to the second half of the message, but we're going to leave it right. We're going to drop the mic here. Pastor Wendy, any final yes. thoughts? I think um, maybe where we can pick up with is we really, we talk about this every week, but we are really going to have to evaluate how much culture is influencing our covetousness, our comparison, and our need, unhealthy need for comfort. Yeah. And we can be in this world and not be of the world. Yeah. And as a believer, you know, in Joshua, it says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Yeah, and I think our freedoms allow us to teeter-totter on the fence of mm -hmm. When I have crisis, then I want the Lord. But when I want comfort, yeah. I'm going to lean into culture. Wow, and so, so good. Say that one more time. When I'm in crisis, 
I want the Lord. But when I want comfort, comfort I'm going to lean into culture. Wow, so true. Which so takes true. me away from God's word. And so this is to help us because as we are teaching this to you, we are having to evaluate even ourselves, even how we do ministry, because there can be pressure to look at this church over there right. or what this pastor is wearing right here or what. And it's like sticking to the word. This is what the word of God says. And then praying, leaning in, God, what does it look like for us? Absolutely. So if I had to put a subtitle and use my Miss Shirley voice, <laughs> Miss Shirley. this Come message on. would be entitled, Worry About Yourself. Worry so, About Yourself. <laughs> Worry <laughs> Your Mess. Worry Worry About Yourself. Come on, stop. But you know, there are some good things from the culture you can laugh at. And relate to, right. but ultimately we've got to land on the truth. So I'm mm -hmm. begging you guys, people, let's lay aside all of this foolishness and so get back to the middle of the road, mm -hmm. which is God's word good. and prayer and looking to him. God, what do you have for me? When you want uh, uh, these things of the world, that is not a problem. Right. But ask the Lord to lead you. We were talking to a young lady earlier, and she's an entrepreneur. She and her husband have businesses. Her parents started off in 96 with a business. I mean, it's in her blood. So the outflow of what she's working toward is going to be the things. But guess what? She's smack that rooted in the heart of God. Amen. God, what does it look like for me? God, open up this path for me. Yes. So that's what we're trying to steer you to. We're not trying to say, just take your makeup off, grow your hair out, and Right, live no, 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 no. We the, want you to dream, and we want yes. you to dream big. But also with that, uh, God wants us to guard our hearts against those things, the comparison and covetousness and just wanting things because they might even soothe us and comfort us. And taking personal responsibility. Amen. As a Christ follower, this is how I am supposed to navigate and behave. Amen. Listen, we wanted to get into the rules of engagement. We didn't even get there. Next week, that's what we're going to talk about, rules of engagement. When you find yourself in conflict, when you realize after confronting yourself, that man, there might be some covetousness, there might be some comparison, there might be some creature comforts that I desire. That's what's causing this conflict within. What are the rules of engagement that will help you and the people you're in relationship navigate those tensions in a healthy way? God bless you. We'll see you next week. In fact, our announcer is coming to give you more information about how you can get connected in our midweek Bible study, The Good Fight by Drs. Les and Leslie Perry. God bless you. We'll see you next week. You don't listen. Sex, sex, money. <laughs> he smiled at me and said hi, and you went into a jealous rage. So why do we fight? Why do we have so much conflict between us in a marriage relationship? This changes everything. Some research that really gets to the core of why couples fight. Whenever we have a fight, I either cry <laughs> or yell or say really mean things. 
However you fight, we want to talk about how you can do it better, how you can use it to your right. advantage, how to fight a good fight. Let's face it, the fur flies for every couple, but only a few discover this secret. It's how you fight, not whether you fight. Whether you're dating, engaged, newly married, or married for decades, this video series is for you. Learn how to turn every conflict to your advantage. Laugh while you learn and discover practical advice that you can start using right now. Find out what a good fight can do for your relationship. Big difference between a bad fight and a good fight. And the payoff is so worth it because when you know how to fight a good fight, it genuinely has the effect of bringing you closer together. Yeah, as, as we often say, conflict yeah. is the price we pay for a deeper level of intimacy. Even though we fight, I'll always have your back. Always will have your back. I know after all of it is said and done and over with, I know that we still both love each other. I want you. <laughs> you're stuck like, you're, we're stuck like peanut butter and jelly. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we've got some information that we'd love to send you to help kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, please email us at echurchatweareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely by visiting www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. Or you can give via text by texting Converge Give along with the dollar amount that you'd like to donate to 77977. Also, you can find all this information on our mobile app. Simply search the app or the Play Store for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.